in it. Put his heart in it. Welcome y bienvenidos to the Off the Altar podcast. Here with Pastor Mauricio. Hello, everyone. It's so good to be back. And my boy, Gio. And with my boy, the producer, the one, the brains, the puppet master behind everything, Joshua Calderon. Hello. We need to add sound pads so then I could say random stuff. We can do Or applause, laugh, stuff like that, you know? Yeah, like the Disney Channel laughs and stuff. <laughs> no, man, that brings back bad memories. <laughs> hey, we, no. are, uh, we are in um, our new studio. We yep. just set it up, and um, and I'm glad, I'm happy. So I, I wish everybody could see how pro we look today. Oh, he's Maybe so by the happy. next episode, they'll be able to see. He's Maybe. been sending pictures and everything of everything he's ordered. He's <laughs> very happy. <laughs> yes, yes. It looks pretty cool, though. I think we're going to have to come out with a, a video version of this podcast pretty soon. Yeah. Yes, sir. So, how y'all guys doing? I'll ask my dad first. Dad, how have you been? I don't really talk to you much about how you're doing. So, I want to know how you're doing. ¿Cómo estás, amigo? Uh, I'm good. Estoy bien. Estoy bien, yes. Uh, I'm good. You know, um, being a pastor, I'm always worried. I'm always... Uh, I always have uh, people to pray for. And so, uh, today, for example, you know, I want to touch this. I want you to... I want you guys... To know about this and pray with me, um, Kelly, one of our uh, one one of the girls from our church, one of our uh, guitar players, her grandma is very very sick today and she needs uh, a lot of prayer. So, just wanna uh, throw that out there so you guys can help help us out, pray for her, for the family. And uh, well, but I'm good. Behind that, I'm good. We are. Uh, we, we are here, we are serving the Lord, and we are doing the podcast, something we really enjoy to do. How was it making the table for our podcast? Oh, it was so fun. You know, I love to work with wood, and uh, I, I don't know if I can define it myself, but it's like marble, uh, the, the work I did in the wood, and it, it looks looks really nice. Uh, what what uh, would you say? You know, Pastor, I, I think it's very nice. And you know what else? You know who else worked with wood? Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh, uh, so we are, um, you know, uh, we are enjoying today the work of, uh, of my hands. And I'm glad. The fruits know. of your labor. Yeah, I'm glad because everything looks good. Everything looks good. Everything looks very professional which was our goal. You know, we mm -hmm. want to do everything with excellence, uh, not just because we want to be cool, because we do believe that the Lord deserves the best. Amen, Pastor. So I guess you... Uh, yeah, oh, okay, I'm doing fine. <laughs> um, Gio, how you doing, man? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Someone cares. <laughs> how um, you doing, man? You've had a very, very busy past couple of weeks, and... I honestly have not heard much from you until you've came back, and I want to know how you're doing. Yeah, well, uh, for how those, this transition is going. For those of y'all that didn't know, um, the Off the Altar podcast was off the schedule because <laughs> off the schedule pod. Well, not even we haven't even been able to get on the schedule yet, but it's coming uh, because I was off the country. Yep. Geo. Off the country <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Off the country podcast. No, uh, I was out for about nine days in Argentina. Mm -hmm. um, 
And oh. you you meet a lot of people over there, right? Oh, I met so many people. Um, yeah, and, kept and in you, contact. Uh, you were of... able to uh, talk to a lot of people in Argentina about the church in America. Yeah, uh, church in America. Um, a lot of the conversation had to do with the ch the state of the church in Argentina. Really, mm -hmm. um, I was really going as a as a translator, a mediator, um, a bridge between. Uh, the Southern Baptist Convention and uh, the churches in Argentina that they're thinking of working with. Um, so I got to hear a lot of their stories, a lot of what they're doing, a lot of the the work that needs to be done. Um, you know what what they would like to if a partnership with churches in the United States were to happen. What kind of work they would like to see um, between them two. Um, I got to see all the, the places where they're having their services on Sunday. I got to meet, I got to talk with some, some people my age. I, I mean, it was all really good. Then, uh, after that, I got to go and spend time with, um, your wife's family pastor. Yeah. With my in-laws. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I stayed at your in-laws house. Um, I was there with, uh, I spent a lot of time with your brothers and a lot of beautiful people. Um, If I can say anything about them, you know, they have a, a servant's heart. They're always willing to, they're, they're always asking if you need something, you know? Now, the main question for uh, for me to ask is this. Did they feed you good? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, they fed me. They fed. Let me tell y'all this. Okay. If y'all ever go to Argentina and you go to Buenos Aires, don't get a choripan. Go to Mendoza for that. Because okay. the... I mean, y'all need to see a picture. I can't show y'all a picture because y'all are just listening. But the difference between a choripan, which is a, an Argentinian sandwich, from Buenos Aires and Mendoza is just two completely different things. Like, seriously, that was... What I got in Buenos Aires was sad. Now, for uh, for the ones that don't know what a chor choripan is, can you describe it? Okay, a choripan is a sandwich, right? So, obviously, there's bread. Um, it's, uh, Argentinian sausage or chorizo, which is where the chori comes from. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you're in Buenos Aires, that's it. <laughs> but, uh, in Mendoza, you get bread, you get the chorizo, lettuce, it. tomato, mm. um, you get some tomato sauce, some mayo, chimichurri. some chimichurri. I mean, oh, I want one now. And most of the time that mayo is homemade. Ooh. Ooh. Oh my goodness! Now I'm hungry. Now we just <laughs> ate some, and I want another one. Yeah, you guys ate choripan. Yeah, my mom yes. made some. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we ate choripan today. To Yo. be <laughs> wow, so good. wow! But you, you can always go have dinner with us after after the podcast. Yep, yeah, that's, true. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, we're talking to the audience. Everyone in the who's listening can come to our house after we air an episode to come have dinner with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, the address is. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I don't know when they when they are getting this episode, but um, I assure you this: there won't be no more chorizos. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, it was a, a really good experience. Um, as to how I'm doing, I'm I'm still dealing with the the culture shock. Right. From going from uh, really, I mean, like, honestly, Argentina is categorized as a third world country. So a third world Spanish speaking country transitioning back to, you know, a first world English speaking country. Mm -hmm. uh, the shock of, you know, spending 
all day every day just talking to people about the church what need the work of the church and the gospel to going back to my secular job and working out in, oh that's another thing they're in winter over there and over here it's summer so that was also not just culture shock climate shock yeah um recovering from the the jet lag because man i don't uh both of y'all have been on planes so i don't know about y'all but i cannot sleep well on a plane i i don't think there's any well i some people can but uh yeah i just get really on hard. a knockout man i mean so <laughs> it is for me Dude, <laughs> no i, I, I can't uh you know <laughs> I end up watching all the movies they have to show. And, and you know, the problem is the problem is this. <laughs> the, the trip to Argentina, people need to know this, is 12 hours. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you are on the plane for 12 hours. Oh, man. Yeah, and like I can sleep, but I'll wake up every hour, every hour and a half, drink some water, fool around with the screen a little bit. Um, and then, yeah, no, it's I can't sleep well on the plane. Yeah, and uh, but um, you were you were saying uh, that you had the chance to uh, to share with the churches over there, and uh, what can you tell us about uh, the the reality of the church in, in South America? Yeah, okay. Um, so I'm gonna break this apart in, into two different sections, right? Because I spent um, Monday through Friday in Buenos Aires, then Friday to Monday in mendoza then i flew back and i was back in buenos aires on tuesday so i'm just going to split it between these two regions right because the truth is um it's completely different it's like north south in the u.s you know Mm -hmm. uh different lifestyles different um the people act different so in buenos aires right um there's a lot of churches there's so many churches um we spoke with 10 but i think in in the city of Buenos Aires, there's like 70 Baptist churches. That's only the Baptist churches. That's not including the Charismatics, the Pentecostals, the Catholics, the Presbyterians, the Methodists. I mean, yeah, every single uh, denomination. Yeah, you. There is a church. You, if whatever denomination or wherever you want to go, I mean, there is a church there. It, it's kind of like Gainesville, you know, where we're from. There's a church around every, every corner. corner. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but what we saw there was um, uh, a lot of a lot of need for uh, what I would say is um, guidance in building ministries. Um, so the the thing about uh, Latino churches, and this is something that uh, we know we grew up with here, is um, church is everyone together on Wednesday for a service, everyone together on Sunday for a service. There's no separated ministries. For a long time, I'm growing up at our old church. uh, I didn't have a children's pastor. All the children were in the church with the adults on Wednesday and Sunday. The children had their own section to sit with. And if you were, um, if you were getting too wild or, you know, you were being too uh, loud or annoying or, you know, inquieto, then one of the deacons would walk up and the section was at the front of the church so everyone could see you. The deacons would walk up, they'd grab you and take you to go sit with your mom. So that's a super embarrassing thing. Um, so you tried to act well on yeah. Sunday and Wednesday. So that's what's going on over there right now. Yeah, so um, this is what they're struggling with. Um, they're struggling with teenagers and with 
20 year olds, you know, uh, after high school, university age students, they're struggling Co with this. College and career age. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because, you know, children, they go to church because their parents take them. They no option there. Yeah. Once you get into, once you become a teenager, well, while you're, they can still make you go. You've got some sort of freedom. You can, uh, now you can get up and go to the bathroom by yourself and not come back, you know? Mm -hmm. Now, um, you can say, oh, no, I'm going to go um, to my friend's house instead of going to church. Or I'm going to go play soccer instead of going to church. Or you can come up with the excuse of, oh, I have a lot of homework. I'm not going to go to church. And um, so there's not much focus on teenagers. So, like, youth group is a, is a foreign concept to them, mm. you know? Um, there is no youth pastor. There is no youth ministry. There is just the church there's just the pastor mm -hmm. they got some deacons and stuff like that but there's no focused ministry then you have a uh, university age students where again you know the there's one service fit for adults and now these kids are adults but they're going to university and they're hearing all these other concepts challenging their worldview um you know philosophical concepts um uh, a big thing that they were telling me about was um, the LGBTQ plus rights. Um, you got the, the gender stuff, um, abortion, you know, all these things challenging their faith. And these kids, a lot of them, again, there was no youth ministry. So they don't even have the, the fundamentals of salvation built up yet. Yeah, so they don't, uh, and that's a, uh where that's where we can say that uh, there's a failure mm -hmm. and the great commission yeah you know because discipleship is something that every church should work on yeah and we talk about this very often yeah because you know jesus said uh, that therefore go to the nations and make disciples exactly and and i think uh the problem is uh it is over there is because they are so focused in build mm -hmm. a building they forget that they need to build the church and i think that's the big problem for the church in the world yeah even in america yeah no and it's just you know there's a big focus on the service the wednesday service the sunday service uh and when you focus on the service you ignore the people in the service mm -hmm. and so again you know you can't um, and I say this from experience because, again, my first church, it was one of these churches where it was the Wednesday service and the Sunday service. I didn't have uh, a separate thing focused solely on me until um, you showed up, Pastor. But even then, what, it was like a year before you decided to take to start a youth ministry mm -hmm. in a church that had never had one. Um, so I say this from experience, you know, you can't put kids teenagers university students and married couples together and expect them all to receive the same retain the same information in the same way yeah you know kids need to be guided through the basics of you know who is jesus who are the heroes of the bible what are the books of the bible you get a teenager you have to explain to him well this is the this is how salvation works this is how sin works this is why all this is important, then you, you they get to, as they get growing, they start growing up, university age, then you start getting into deeper, harder topics, right? Um, you can get in 
into apologetics you know well this is why bad things happen to good people this is why god is has to um this is why god is love and justice and all this stuff at the same time yeah um you know the trinity which i mean is a very complicated topic um yeah yeah and uh that's uh well you're saying it definitely right that uh You know, there's there, there's a failure, there's a uh, something broken right there that needs to be fixed, and um, I think that uh, you know there was a time when we needed uh, missionaries to go and build buildings mm -hmm. to other countries. Yeah, I think that today the church doesn't need that as much as the church need uh, missionaries doing uh discipleship that missionary mm -hmm. like the apostle paul did yeah. missions yeah exactly you know train people and and uh, you know stay there uh, build the structure of the church you know leadership teachers uh, uh whatever uh structure they want to have you know because every church has a different name for the the uh, the servers or or deacons or whatever name they want to use for that but Uh, I mean, we we need to emphasize on that n now because uh, we are losing generation, a whole generation, because they don't know uh, what the foundations of the, the church are. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, and you you told me this when you just came that the churches that are uh, fruitful are the ones that that are working on that specific areas. You know, they have children's ministry, they have youth ministry, they have college and career ministries. And and because of the churches are based on an event uh, way, you know, an, yeah. an event, the, every service has to be an event, like a music, preaching. And, and so when you, when you have uh, music and preaching, you don't have teaching. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, a preacher can be a really good teacher, but it's not it's not emphasizing the teaching, it's emphasizing the preaching. Yeah. So uh, you can have a very evangelized church, but a, not a disciple one. Yeah. And and th I think that's the main problem in, in all of our countries south the border and even in America now. Oh yeah, even because um that that was another thing I was shocked with. Um the church over there faces a lot. Of the same things the church over here faces for example um another thing that in buenos aires they said they were struggling with is there's pastors that are building these churches filling them up and they they run them for years they're successful then the pastor gets old and he gets into this age of retirement and he says well someone has to replace me and there's no one to take their place yeah and and the, the pastor retires because he's old he can't keep doing what he's doing forever And the church closes down or the church splits or uh, or the the church, the people go to start going to different churches or they all just go back to the world. Um, and that, that has to do with discipleship. You know, there's a, a lack of discipleship going on in in these churches. Um, and I, I agree with you. You know, one of the things that um, uh, near the end, you know, I, I, they brought us together with the the um, Buenos Aires team and the people that were living there, right, from the Southern Baptist Convention. And mm -hmm. they said, what do you guys think the the church from uh, the church from America, what's the best way they can help the church in Argentina? And um, one of the pastors actually 
told them <laughs> when we were interviewing them and I had to translate this was, um, hey, we don't need you guys to come down here and evangelize. That's our job. We can handle that. Wow. Very we, well said, yeah, by the way. Yeah. And it, he said, we need help with training and building ministries and discipleship. That's yeah. what we're missing. And, and let me go back to these because, you know, I think that we should be in the word to, to uh, justify why we have this point of view, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and Bible says in Matthew 28, uh, 19 says, Therefore, and this is Jesus mm -hmm. speaking to the disciples right before he went back to heaven. And he goes and he said, Therefore, go and make disciples. Mm -hmm. And that word, it's really, really important because it's not, it doesn't say go and build churches or go and make events. Right. Which is, which is something that we have to have in mind because the church bef uh, the church to be the church mm -hmm. it needs to be discipled yeah. it needs to be trained uh and and you know it needs uh to be mentored uh, if, and if the church doesn't realize this the church and the world not only in south america i mm -hmm. mean the the big c church yeah we are going to lose the following generations. Then we won't be able to say that we are a multi that we serve a multi generational God and that we are a multi generational church. And so we are breaking something so important. And the in the Old Testament they they call God the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So he, they were talking about multi generational God. Yeah. And we have to leave that reality. And we have to disciple the church. You know, uh, you were saying that they're, they're struggling with the youth and they're struggling with the college and career age. And I think it's all over the world oh, yeah. because the church forget about train them. And, and you know, uh, the Bible says that kids need to, need to be taught while they're kids. Yeah. So when they grow, they don't run away. They don't, they don't walk away. Yeah. So uh, that's um, a very, very... Uh, specific way to to see it right and yeah 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 no definitely um you know that, that was an, uh, another thing uh the the latino countries you know from the south uh, of the united states down there's a strong um there's strong baggage left over from catholicism because yeah. all these countries um they were Cat, they were established as Catholic countries whenever they were first established over here on this side of the world, right? Mm -hmm. And for a long time, Catholicism ruled. Uh, most of these countries still to this day have Catholicism as the official religion of the country. Yeah. And the Catholic Church has a lot of power um, in, in the government still. Um, yeah. And even when someone, you know, decides to, you know, that they go to a Protestant, right? They, they go to a, an evangelical church, they make the switch the baggage is still there. For example, uh, one thing that's taught in Catholicism is that you don't talk about God or the Bible at home because <laughs> you can't interpret that. You don't know anything about that. You need a priest. You need a mediator to help you with that. You don't understand the Bible. So leave that stuff for church, for mass on Sunday and, you know, whenever else you go to church. But at home, you know, don't even touch it because you're going to mess it up. Um, there's this really like big thing about, Hey, like the priest, the, the father of your, um, of your church. I don't remember what the Catholics call it. Um, 
that he is the intermediator between you and God, which, you know, goes against what the Bible what teaches. Jesus that, that, yeah, Jesus is the mediator. He's the yeah. only mediator. Um, but, you know, as a result of this, so many kids are not discipled by their own parents because they've brought this baggage over to their evangelical church. And now, you know, the, let's say they have a powerful great service the word was a blessing on sunday they go home and they don't talk about it mm-hmm. because they, it's wired into their minds and in their heart we don't talk about god at home yeah and church is only a uh, sunday experience exactly yeah it's not a, a, a way of life yeah and again to what i said before you know this is a lot of the same stuff we're facing over here because I, me and you we know that this is the this is one of the same problems we're facing here that There's uh, this fight to have um, parents disciple their kids. It, there's a fight to bring to bring the word from the these four walls that we gather in on Sunday and bring it into the house. It's very taboo to go home and talk about um, the Great Commission, which you just read. Yeah. It's very taboo to ask questions about God to anyone other than the pastor um he, sometimes it's even weird to ask the pastor you know there there's this big thing of um you know don't question anything that which is another thing i talked to a, a young girl over there this was over in mendoza not buenos aires anymore but um we we, we were talking about her and her faith because i I'd, i'd met her two years before when i traveled to argentina and it got to the point where um she started asking me Well, she didn't start asking me questions, but her sister was concerned. So she asked, she kind of pushed the conversation. But towards the end, you know, she opened up to me and she said, I just got tired of everyone at church putting so much pressure on me and telling me to stop asking questions. I would ask them a question about the Bible or about God and I'd get called a heretic. I'd get called, I'd get told I have no faith. And, um, you know, that's, that's harmful. That's damaging. We, We should be willing to uh, to to answer questions uh, as pastors. You know, pastor, I, I don't. I bet you feel this way too. I want people to ask me the questions. Yeah, because uh, you know, uh, we are the ones helping them to have a relationship with God. Yeah. And and if there are some things that I can help you with that, I I'm gladly. I'm I'm gonna help you gladly because I believe that that's the calling, mm-hmm. and that's the main thing. Once again, you know. Uh, Uh, we the parents you are not a father yet you know uh, but, I mean but uh, me me as a father I understand that I am the the priest of my family and I have the responsibility mm-hmm. to uh, to bring my kids uh, to the presence of the Lord and uh, Joshua our producer he's my youngest son and he can tell you Joshua you you had that experience that w- we had many spiritual com- conversations growing up even now I didn't, today we have conversations that are confronting painful hurtful uh, for our emotions but uh, but are, are uh, so helpful in our spirit uh, what, what I mean I wanted to I we literally started we all planned the podcast together to be based off of me asking you guys questions mm-hmm And, like, that's that's been, like, the thing that's helping me the most. Like, I've asked Geo questions time and time again throughout the years. 
And I've even got all the other youth who like to associate themselves with me to begin to ask Geo questions like, Emiliano, he's so, um, I guess the word is intuitive, like he wants to learn. Mm-hmm. And he'll come to Geo and just, like I think Geo mentioned it on the last episode that um, <clears throat> we all went to go play soccer, but Emiliano stayed at the table with Geo and they talked for like an hour because Emiliano just kept asking him questions. Mm-hmm. And like, I like that. I want I want to be able to ask questions and, and not be called a heretic for it. Yeah, and th- here's the thing, you know, it, it, it's good f- uh, for the family to come together to church. I mean, that's mm-hmm. amazing. Definitely. But if, if you think that the church is only Sundays and you are not the church during the week, as a father, as a family member, mm-hmm. then, then uh, there's something broken. And in my house and my family, you know, oh, uh, they sometimes they get upset with me because I said, well, the Bible says, mm. I'm always quoting the Bible because that's my way of life, that I do believe that they need to, they need to see in me that I'm a follower of Jesus. And, and mm-hmm. you know, he said right there in the Great Commission, he says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. So I do believe that the Bible has all the answers. I, I really do. And every time I have a conversation with Joshua, with uh, my other two kids, like people, Hotam, even you, Gio, mm-hmm. uh, I'm always quoting the Bible because I know that I don't have the ability to fix anything. Yeah. You know, I, I do believe the Bible is the one that can bring some clarity to any situation. And that's the main problem today. You know, parents are not bringing the Bible to their tables. Uh, parents are not, uh, you know, are not having uh, a spiritual conversation. We have, I mean, we have talked about this in all three episodes, I think, that, that, that this is why we do this, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. we see the necessity. You, uh, uh, last episode, uh, you said I was talking to my friend and my friend, he asked me this specifically. I mean, because parents are not having these conversations. Yeah. And and once again, and this will bring this huge problem, huge problem for the church. Mm-hmm. We are losing a whole generation. Yeah. Because there's a generation that don't know God like their parents did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, so that's, that's Buenos Aires. Um, oh, yeah, that, that's Buenos Aires. <laughs> uh, yeah, Buenos Aires was fun. <laughs> I mean, oh, no, uh, there's one more thing about Buenos Aires that I want to uh, wanna point. All right. You went to watch a soccer game in Buenos Aires. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you went to watch a Boca, Boca Juniors soccer game at Buenos Aires, which is, I mean, if you are Latino listening uh, and you know what this means, uh-huh. you know, uh, so tell us a little bit about that experience, which is not 100% spiritual, but it's an experience. <laughs> well, um, so you're not, a, first of all, you're not allowed to go unless you're a member, a fan member of the club, which um, I'm not. <laughs> so, uh, but those Argentinians never found out. Well, some of them started to suspect whenever I wasn't singing the songs with them. <laughs> uh, oh, whenever you were saying, um, um, Yo, sir, the Boca, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, no, okay. So, 
you know that, that's a funny story i'm gonna tell it um so this is probably <laughs> the sketchiest thing i've done in my life um so plane lands in argentina on tuesday right it's 6 a.m um immediately we go and we start meeting with people having meetings i'm translating in the middle of this um one of the the people that came with us he he's an ecuadorian um which uh, i'll say i'll save that for later but he's from ecuador grew up in buenos aires argentina and he's like hey geo are you would you go to a soccer game with me and i was like i'm in a strange country that loves soccer yeah, it's worth the risk. Like, yeah. When am I ever going to do this again? By the way, well, I talked to you before you left, the day before, I uh-huh. told you, and not knowing what that this was going to happen, I told you, if you have the opportunity to go watch a game, either River Plate or Boca Juniors, you have to go because you don't know passion until you go to one of those games. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so like a proverb, the wise words of my pastor rang in my head. And I was like, yeah, I'm down. Let's do this. And he's like, okay, it'll be about around uh, 3,000 pesos, which isn't much. It's like 15 bucks. And I was like, yeah, all right, let's do it. Um, well, <laughs> so the time goes on and it's like, four o'clock now we're now we go to the hotel and um, everyone's allowed to rest for the day we were up from like 6 a.m to one o'clock and they (laughs) but i i didn't go to sleep because i was like oh hey like i want to know about the game so i text him like hey what's up with the game he's like oh it looks like we're not i'm not going to be able to get the tickets um so i'm sorry man and i'm like all right so i knock out i wake up i see a message that they're like gonna go to pizzeria to eat and i'm like okay so like i get ready i go down i go down and then uh he's down there his name is daniel daniel's down there in the lobby and he gets up and he's like hey so i think i got some tickets and i was like okay let's do this and I, was hey, like, I gotta say these though what's up every bad influence in your life is named <laughs> daniel, daniel. is named daniel i know i know oh bro. poor daniel for listening <laughs> bro if he's listening bro <laughs> he some, will he'll, uh, be, he'll hey, be listening joshua you need to get some clown music like some circus music yeah no um play that every time we say daniel or what no whenever we get him on the podcast we're gonna play that okay um but so Daniel's like, hey, I got some tickets. And I was like, all right, great. And he's like, there's a catch, though. It's not 3,000 pesos, which is around 15 bucks. He's like, it's 14,000 pesos, which is around $70. And I'm like, I'm in Argentina. <laughs> in the capital. When am I ever going to get the chance again? I was like, all right, let's do it. I was like, okay, uh, we got to go get the tickets like before the game though and i was like all right every sure. sketchy and you're, you're thinking you're thinking to go and get the tickets right at the at the gate i mean yeah like <laughs> i didn't know, so Boca, we, like, we've we've uh we've been going to watch uh the Atlanta united right yeah so, so we i mean know, over there yeah you it, can just buy a ticket there yeah, if you yeah. want um, yeah it's a little bit pricier because you're buying it the day of at the stadium but you could do that over here you can't because see the reason only members of the home team are allowed to go is because in Argentina they are so passionate about soccer the fans get violent mm-hmm. with other fans yeah. and I, I think it got to the point where someone was killed yeah. so the government just said you know what only the home team's allowed to home team fans are allowed um so we go um it, it is now like around eight o'clock or something like that and we're walking through the 
streets of Argentina. We take an Uber. The Uber does not take us all the way into La Boca. He leaves us like outside of it. And he's like, all right, you guys walk the rest of the way. Wow. Little did I know La Boca is one of the w- bad neighborhoods of Buenos yes, Aires. Yes, it is. Um, so we're going in and uh, Daniel's just texting his contact through WhatsApp. And he's like, hey, go stand in front of a pharmacy and I'll see y'all. So we go and we stand there and uh, this guy's not saying anything. So I'm like, like in my head, I'm like, man, are we going to get mugged? Like, <laughs> but then some old man comes up behind us. He'd been there for a while just watching because like, Oh, hey, I'm the guy with the tickets. And I was like, OK, cool. He gives us all the tickets. We try to pay him. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you doing? No, go behind that van over there next to that alley. Give all the money to one person and then pay me. So I was like, OK, behind that van. You and know, you, and you thought, okay, we're in Argentina. <laughs> we're in Argentina. I was like, okay. I, I was like, yeah, behind that van, I'm gonna get bu- mugged, or not. Then and, again, and you started praying, right? <laughs> uh, please, God, don't let me take, don't let him take me now. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily, um, you know, thank God, nothing happened. He was really nice. He did tell us that um, we might have a problem going in because they might not believe that uh, one of us was. <laughs> was a fan member because you know it was two hispanic dudes and one white guy okay um, but we got in no problem i mean the stadium what i mean like these people were shaking the stadium with how they were jumping like like seriously like it felt like i i, I don't know if you, you've ever been on a skateboard and you go down a hill really fast and then it starts wiggling. Mm-hmm. That's what the stadium felt like. Well, you sent me a video and I mean the the noise yeah. was crazy. Yeah. I mean, all the people screaming and, and and you know, and this is the reality, by the way, you know, Argentina is a country that is going through a, a huge depression. Mm-hmm. But people that does not stop going to the stadium. Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, since we're talking about soccer, um, it it was a great experience. It was beautiful and everything. But if there, if there is an idol in Buenos Aires, it's soccer. Yeah. Um, these, these people, I mean, it was a Tuesday night (laughs) and these people were there till like 1am. Yep. (laughs) You know, so they're, they're sacrificing, you know, school work, um, money time. I mean, who knows how much they're getting charged to be members, um, (laughs) the soccer is an idol they these people they give their lives to not even soccer the sport of soccer but to a team you know and here's the thing about buenos aires it's a big city and stuff people will talk to you unless you bring up jesus then it's like oh i don't want to talk about that Mm. but you know bring up bring up messi or bring up um, Maradona, Maradona, or bring up uh, River Play or Boca, and I mean, Sheesh. you'll get you'll be there talking for hours, complete stranger. But you know, mention that you go to church, mention that um, what mention Jesus, and it's like, oh, okay, that's cool, I respect that. Um, but I gotta go see you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, but yeah, that's Buenos Aires, uh, Mendoza. Um, so. In Mendoza, Mendoza is a completely different uh, world from Buenos Aires, right? Um, yes, yeah, small city, <laughs> by the way. It's a small city. Yeah. And uh, driving is 19 hours away. Yeah. 
Um, Buenos Aires is a bit is the capital. Um, so there's a lot more money there. The government's doing a lot more work there. Mendoza has a small city. It's in the country. So everything's a lot slower pace. And also um, the government does a lot less. The buildings, you, most of the buildings you see built there are built by the people's hands and they're living in them and they're working out of them. And this is how they live their life. Yeah. Um, as far as the church, you know, uh, same thing. Very little development of uh, ministries focused on certain age groups. So, again, there's no children's ministry. There's no youth ministry. There's no, um, you know, uh, college ministry. Stuff like that. It's just church. Well, I was watching uh, the live stream, the very basic live stream they had over there uh, with you preaching yeah. on that Sunday. Oh, and, and the children's noise was wow. I mean, it was really hard to follow because there was so much noise in the church. And I understand why you're saying it right now. Yeah. Oh, man, me preaching. That reminds me. Okay, so how that happened. All right. I wasn't originally supposed to preach. I didn't go there with a sermon ready um friday comes along and the pastor i was translating for he his um his son-in-law's father was very sick he was hospitalized he gets the call that he needs to come back friday he takes another plane back to the u.s he tells me hey you're gonna have to preach do a good job yeah. <laughs> May God you're gonna be have to you. preach at the places i was supposed to right <laughs> yeah yeah uh <laughs> You're going to have to go preach. Um, do a good job. May God be with you. And he goes. So then I'm like in the plane, you know, reading my Bible, being like, what can I say to these people? Um, you, uh, I talked with you about it and you gave me a suggestion. Uh, years ago, I preached something uh, about, um, you know, giving God your worst and you give him all or nothing, including your worst. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I was like, that's a good idea. And I started looking for those notes guess what i don't have those notes i don't have those <laughs> notes um so i go I, I pull up the verses um i write some new notes uh, i i think i ended up with uh with a different idea than what it was originally again i don't have the notes so i can't tell you how i ended originally basically um you know when jesus washes the disciples feet and peter doesn't want to peter doesn't want to give the worst the ugliest of himself to jesus jesus says if you don't give this to me if you don't allow me to wash you you'll never belong to me And then Peter's like, oh, okay, then take everything. Jesus says, hey, I just need to work on what needs work. And then, uh, you know, we ended up, I ended up with Paul. Um, God takes the worst of Paul and he uses it to just change the world. I mm -hmm. mean, honestly, because Paul changed the world, <laughs> the letters, his testimony. <laughs> I mean, man, um, So that, that's what I spoke there on Sunday. Um, but, you know, Saturday, that was the day when, uh, you know, I, I went to their children's school that they're doing. It's around 50 kids, little kids, elementary schoolers with just two women taking control of them. Um, one um, of them. Um, by the way, they fed them. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. One of the women um, doing the older kids. So like maybe third to fifth grade. And the other one handling all, handling all the little ones. So even if you were to split them in half evenly, that's 25 kids per woman. I mean, man, I don't know if y'all have ever volunteered for VBS. <laughs> But if you have, you know what those those women, I mean, bless them because they are doing An work. amazing job. Yeah. yeah. 
um after that uh i got taken to a town in called lunta an even smaller town outside of mendoza um less buildings where the church i was visiting in mendoza is trying to plant a church there because in the so in this small town there is a, a catholic church a catholic mission a jehovah's witness church but there is no evangelical church not a single one mm -hmm. anywhere and they're trying to plant a church there they've got a little group meeting at this woman uh this woman's house who they preach to you know they they started off going door to door this woman um the lord touched her and led her to open up her house for them now um they meet every week like a group of 35 people are meeting there but they're struggling with you know finding a place to build a building i got to hear um you know the ways the the church in the u.s could help them out in that case um evangelism again ministries um resources uh, that, that's the difference between um, mendoza and buenos aires buenos aires i mean it you know it's not u.s wealthy but it's argentina wealthy yeah, it's the capital yeah, yeah it's the capital and, and you can see it yeah in, in mendoza um it's it, you work for what you have and what you have it it's maybe enough to get you by day you're living day by day yeah um the church there for everything they do they they sell food and they make enough they make just enough money every time and then they have to start over and start over and start over anytime they need want to raise funds for something there's never anything left over because it really it, it's you take what you have and you make as much as you can with it well uh hey geo your experience in south america was definitely amazing this time it was different than the other time you went yeah and i think that uh we will have the opportunity to keep on talking about this and How can we help? And yeah. I hope that everybody out there and the all the people that will hear this podcast can, you know, connect with us mm -hmm. and be part of what we are what we're trying to accomplish, which is bring the gospel to the world. Yeah, and um, uh, I want to end with this. You know, um, this is Matthew 25, verses 34 through forty. And this is just a, a parable Jesus is telling his disciples. It says, um, then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you at the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Mm -hmm. when, we, when we serve people, we serve God. We serve Jesus. We serve the king. Because people, they're made in his image. Mm -hmm. This is a, you know, what what's the two command, the two most important commandments? Love God, love people. Yeah. We need to serve people. It's that simple. Yeah. And, and here, <laughs> and here's the thing, you know, this, this, this is the thing, pastor. You don't need to buy a plane ticket to serve people. No, you don't. That, that was one of the things I came back with. You know, uh, I saw all this necessity over there. 
and I'm like, there's a lot of this necessities back home. Yeah. I don't need a plane ticket to, to serve this. To, I don't need a plane ticket to yeah. satisfy this necessity. And, uh, you know, uh, the book of Acts tells us that uh, at the same time that where the Great Commission was given, uh, it tells us that uh, Jesus told them to go and, and be witness in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. We can be witnesses mm -hmm. where we are. Yeah. Then it says, go to Samaria. Then mm -hmm. it says, go to uh, Judea. Then mm -hmm. you go to the end of the world. Mm -hmm. But we have to start right here, right, right yeah. at home. Yeah, and it, the, the other thing, you know, a missionary. People think you have to go somewhere to be a missionary. No, to be a missionary, you just have to live on mission, live for the mission. Yeah. You can do that yeah. at home. Yes. You know, uh, your neighbor, your coworker. You can be a missionary to them. You can bring the gospel to them. You can serve them. Um, but that, that's just final thought I wanted to leave everyone with. Yes, and uh, I, I'm so thankful that we had this conversation. And, and uh, you know, uh, I hope that everybody out there, even the people, the, the few people that uh, is following us today, maybe in sometime more people will hear the, this podcast and will get plugged in and connected and 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 maybe they want to be part of this um mission, uh, missionary movement mm -hmm. okay and yeah. uh but uh from my uh from my seat from my place right now I just want to say to everyone that is listening thank you for being part of uh of the altar podcast uh, thank you for being uh, being with us one more time. And I uh, just want to say that God bless you all, and i see you. All right, everyone. Thank you for watching. Nos vemos. And live on mission for Jesus. Thank you.